Amen. Week number something of taste and see that the Lord is good. Week five, I think. Week five. Taste and see that the Lord is good. We've been reading through Psalms chapter 34 this summer. Uh, Psalm of David as our foundational text with the cornerstone being verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. And we're going to jump right into it. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Psalm chapter 34. If not, you can read on the screen here as well. Uh, But I like that we read it every single week, the whole chapter, because I want to get everything in context so we can remember what we have already read, um, remember what we've already learned and talked about, and it reminds us of all this, all right? So let's look here at Psalms chapter 34. David, once again, writing these words alone in a cave being hunted down by his mentor and king. (laughs) You have to have the proper context of, of how he writes these words. So alone, being hunted down, he says, I will praise the Lord at all times. <laughs> Come on, y'all out there? That's funny. <laughs> I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord. And he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, that the joys of those who take refuge in Him. Fear the Lord, you His godly people, for those who fear Him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. That's what we talked about last week, and we had just a wonderful time of prayer at the end, didn't we? Knowing that the Lord is so close to the brokenhearted. He is not far away. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. The Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely destroy the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve Him. No one who takes refuge in Him will be condemned. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Once again, 
writing this psalm, writing this chapter alone by himself, and he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And he is a good Lord, and we've talked about how good that he is, and then our response to him, our response is to praise him, and our response is to pray to him, because he's going to answer us when we pray. And then we're looking back again, and once again, how God is good, last week that he's close to the brokenhearted, and then looking again to what we're looking at today. Not only is God good, do you know that God is big? He is not just a good God, he is a big God. And sometimes we need to be reminded of that, and that's what we're going to be looking at here today to remind ourselves. So we're zooming in from these 22 verses and looking at Three verses, verses 9 through 11. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. Now we're going to get into some definition here in just a second of fear. But when we fear the Lord, you his holy people, we're talking about church people here right now, okay? We're talking about this, us right here. You his holy people, fear the Lord, for those who fear him lack nothing. Nothing. Lack nothing. When we get on Team Jesus, okay, we lack nothing. When we fear the Lord, we don't have to go through this. Am I going to make it? Am I going to be able to get this? Am I going to be able to do this? You lack for nothing. The lion, I'm reading this, in, this part in the NIV, the lion may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Now, what's the lion? The lion is the king of the jungle. That dude walks around, strutting around like he owns the place, doesn't he? And he walks around, and I can get anything I want, and I can do anything that I want because I'm big and I'm bad, and I'm the lion, and I'm the king, and I'm all this kind of stuff. Even lions grow weak and tired and hungry. Have you know the Lord does not grow weak and tired or hungry, okay? And we, (laughs) no matter how much we strut around, No matter how big and bad we are and think we are, and sometimes we can be pretty big and tough, and we can be pretty self-deficient for a little while, we think, okay? We walk around and we get weak and we get tired. When we call on the Lord, okay, we're not waking him up from a nap. Y'all know that, right? Like when we call on the Lord, he's not, okay, hold on, what? Hold on, let me me get my cup of coffee first, then I'll go help you. No, no, no. He is ready. He is ready to go. He is not tired. He is not weak. He is alert. He is strong. And he is close to the brokenhearted. And he is there for you. (laughs) I'm just going to preach to myself today. (laughs) The Lord is strong. Stronger than any lion who grows weak and tired. And those of you, those of us, those, his holy people... When they seek the Lord, you will lack no good thing. Then David says, come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. David knows a little something about the fear of the Lord. David was an Israelite, as you know. And the Israelites know something about fearing the Lord. Now, that fear in 2022 certainly has a negative connotation to it, doesn't it? I mean, when you think of fear, you immediately think of something negative. You think of snakes. (laughs) Or maybe Halloween, I don't know. Uh, Or the election. No, never mind. Um, 
There's a lot of things that we think of when we think fear. Or we look at, you know, kings and, 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 and world leaders or whatever. Some try to rule with an iron fist, and they want to rule with fear. Sometimes that's on the news. I don't know how you people watch the news. When you watch the news, there's like no good stories. It's all bad stories. Only bad things are happening here in the world. And that's every news channel, by the way. There's, there's this look on, let's, let's look at the fear side of it, the negative side of the fear side of it. The Israelites had a little bit different of a, when, when you heard the fear of the Lord, or when you heard the word fear, they didn't immediately think something bad. They didn't immediately think snakes and spiders and whatever else, okay? To them, it, it was a little bit different. There was an expression of an Israeli religion or faith. When they feared the Lord, that was their faith. It was like, when we go in to attack this land, they feared that God, and they feared that God. We fear the Lord. And they come in and trounced them most of the time. But because their God was bigger, our God is bigger, it's more than just a little thing on the end of the mantle that they worship. Like, we serve a big God, and we fear the Lord. And David was this Israelite. He, he knew his history. We've already talked about this. We talked about the, the radiant, uh, that when we pray to him, that our face is radiant. That's the same word that, that Moses used when he talking about his face was radiant. David knew his history, okay? Especially his Israelite history. And he looked, and when he said the fear of the Lord, he understood that the Israelites feared a God that when, when they were slaves in Egypt, there were ten plagues that came down. And yeah, the Egyptian gods copied one of them, but he couldn't copy all ten of them. And then you've got this parting of the Red Okay, come on. Parting of the Red Sea. Like, that doesn't happen. I mean, come on. All right? You're standing there, and you've got a Red Sea, and you've got Egyptian army coming down, and God's like, let me move this for you. Okay? That's a... What is... As they're walking through... What are the Israelites thinking? They are thinking, what is, who is this God that we serve? This is a healthy fear. Like, I, we're not serving no Pharaoh who, okay? We're not doing anything else. Like, I'm, I'm staying with the one who parts the sea like that, okay? Like, God just told us to walk around a city, blow a trumpet, and the walls would just come crashing down. That doesn't happen anywhere else. That No other God is doing that. Okay? David knew his history, and that's why he was so confused when he gets to the battle line and he sees a man a little over nine feet tall and the entire Israelite army is trembling in fear. We have Israelites trembling in fear, and he walks up, and these Israelites feared a nine-foot man, and David walks up and goes, all you are is nine feet? (laughs) Like you're only nine feet tall? Like you only have a spear and a javelin and whatever else? Like that, that, your friend, that? Like David's still going like this, but still he's like, but God, (laughs) my God, That's who I fear. I'm not fearing that. I'm fearing God. And so when David says, come my children, listen to me, I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. 
He knows exactly what he's talking about. And so for us today, we have a choice. You can either fear everything, or you can fear God and nothing else. You can either fear everything. Now, we can fear there's not enough money in the bank. We can fear COVID or whatever else is coming down the pipe, okay? We can, we can fear, uh, um, you know, who's my daughter going to marry? We can fear, where's the next paycheck coming? We can, like, all these different things that we can fear, that we can come up with to be scared about, okay? And so we can stay fearful every single day of our life because we can fear everything. Because, again, if we are alone, if there is no one who is close to the brokenhearted, then we can fear this and fear that and be scared of that. And I don't know how this is going to happen, and we're going to fear this. Or we can fear one thing, which is God, and know that he has all of that taken care of. And that's our choice. And, by the way, when we walk through our life, that dictates our decision making. Because if we choose to be fearful of stuff, then we will continue to remain very small. Very small. Insignificant. But when we choose to walk in the fear of the David keeps walking up to everything going, why are, all of you, why are all you people scared of this stuff? Do you not know who we serve? We serve God Almighty. <clears throat> you can either fear everything or you can fear God and nothing else. And it's your choice. I'm thankful that David was the kind of father that passed this knowledge on down to his son. His son named Solomon, he wrote these words in Proverbs chapter 9. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. See, he understood this. When we fear the Lord, that, that's the beginning of wisdom. So if it's, if it's the beginning of wisdom, then everything on this side of wisdom is foolishness, right? So if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, now we're going to get into wisdom territory, if we do not fear the Lord, that means we're on this side of wisdom, which is foolishness. It's foolish to be fearful of an election or money or whatever else that's coming up. It's foolish to be fearful, scared of those. Okay? We've got decisions to make about these things, but we're on this side of wisdom, so it's foolish to be fearful of these things. But once we fear the Lord knowing that, we're, that these things aren't controlling us, but that we are following the fear of the Lord, now we begin to walk in wisdom. And so, yes, I have to make smart decisions when it comes to money and how I parent and how I, whatever else. We're walking in the Lord, and we've got a God that's close to the brokenhearted walking with us. We've got a God that's walking with us. So this fearful, we've started right here. And so Solomon says, if you want to be wise... Understand who you are and understand who God is. And that's why we fear. That's why we fear the Lord. Every single one of us have walked and stepped on a bug just because it was in our way, right? You ever think God kind of kicks us with his foot a little bit? <laughs> you know? Like, we need to understand who we are 
And we need to understand who God is. But this is what's mind-boggling. Okay? When I step on the bug, that proves I'm not good. <laughs> okay? God could do whatever he wanted to, wants to. But he chooses to bring you life. He chooses to bring us a purpose inside of us. He doesn't step on us because we're in his way. He is good to us. That boggles the mind that he is so big, but yet he's good. Think about that this week. He's big. He doesn't have to be good. He doesn't have to be good. He's big, but yet he also is good. (laughs) So when we start walking and making decisions and going through life and it's Tuesday morning, I'm going to fear God. I'm not going to fear anything else. And so this wisdom of me making right choices is with the understanding that God himself is big and is above every problem that I have and is walking with me Every bit of the way. This continues in Acts. How many of you are reading through Acts with me? We're reading through the book of Acts this, this summer. So even if you read one chapter a day, you're going to read through Acts uh, three times, right? June, July, August. But reading through Acts, which by the way, we're going to talk about what we have read through Acts in August. So get ready for that, okay? We're going to talk about that, what we have read, because... <sighs> power of God... When he moves, and I want that power of God to move in this church and move in our hearts and move in our lives, and not just on Sunday morning. Many of these stories that happened, you know, weren't on church day. It was just, it was just happening. So I'm reading in Acts, and as I know that you are as well, we're reading in Acts. <clears throat> in Acts chapter 9, this is right after Saul is converted, I guess, to Paul. And there's, there's persecution in the church, okay? You, you get this weird dynamic of crazy persecution, but then also crazy growth. Acts 9.31, the church then had peace, which is weird, again, persecution. The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and it became stronger, the church became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord, The church became stronger as it began to live in the fear of the Lord. And with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. Well, if the beginning, if if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, let's let's get wise here, okay? Let's get smart here. Let's live in the fear of the Lord, and it actually makes us stronger. Why? Well, we're we're getting we're, we're choosing our side. Am I going to live in fear of everything or am I going to live in fear of, of the Lord? I'm going to live in the fear of the Lord. It's that the Israelites saw it as faith in the Lord. I'm putting my faith in the Lord, not faith in my finances or faith in my decision making or whatever. I'm putting my faith in the Lord or I'm fearing the Lord. And the Israelites, or not the, the church, as it started, they begin to get stronger and grow in number because the whole church was walking in the fear of the Lord. What if this church began to walk in the fear of the Lord? This church, the church, 
the Texas church, the American church, the worldwide church, if we walked in the fear of the Lord. Not, you know, well, you know Sunday is church day and then, and then the rest of my week. We walk in the fear of the Lord. Every day, all the time. We walk in the fear of the Lord. Because we know who we are and we know how big God is. Do we know how big God is? Sometimes we need a visual, okay? Sometimes we need a visual. We've got a video. Go ahead and start this video. First of all, we've got a video of a man. And he is close, right? The Lord could be close to him. But as God is looking at the man, <laughs> okay, uh, he was close to the man, but he's also up here as well. And you begin to look at this, and you say, okay, well, God made that man, that six-foot-tall man, whatever. And then as we begin to kind of phase out here, God made all this, too. You see how big that is? God crafted the, the, the shoreline there with his finger. <laughs> like, he made all of this. And as it begins to zoom out, we see how big earth is, how small we are, how big earth is, and God stands outside of his creation. How many of you know God is big? God is big. He can zoom in and be close to us, but then he's also big. Okay, let's, let's see even how bigger he is. Let's look at the next video. Just to scale, just a couple of things to see how big, here's Pluto. And as we look through this, I want to read these verses. That is why the scriptures say, when he descended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Fill the entire universe with himself. Hebrews 1, long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe, all of these, and all the things that are in it. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the sun is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him as greater than their names. Hebrews 11. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. And that we now see He did not come from anything that can be seen. Job. If you've read Job lately. Then they answered... Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind, Who is that that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? 
Brace yourself like a man because I have some questions for you and you must answer them. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much who determined its dimensions and stretched out its surveying line. What supports its foundations? Who laid its cornerstone at the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Have you ever commanded the morning to appear and caused the dawn to rise in the east? Have you made daylight spread to the ends of the earth to bring an end to the night's wickedness as the light approaches the earth takes shape like clay pressed beneath the seal it is robed in brilliant colors the light disturbs the wicked and stops the arm that is raised in violence have you explored the springs from which the seas come have you explored their depths do you know the gates of where the death the gates of death are located have you seen the gates of utter gloom do you realize the extent of the earth Tell me about it if you know. Where does light come from? Where does darkness go? Can you take each to its home? Do you know how to get there? But of course you know all this. For you were born before it all was created. And you are so very well experienced. Can you direct the movement of the stars? Binding the cluster of the Pleiades? Or loosening the cords of Orion? Can you direct the constellations through the seasons? Or guide the bear with her cubs across the heavens? Do you know the laws of the universe? Can you use them to regulate the earth? Who is wise enough to count all the clouds? Who can tilt the water jars of heaven? When the parched ground is dry and the soil has hardened its clods. We cannot imagine the power of the Almighty. But even though He is just and righteous, He does not destroy us. No wonder people everywhere fear Him. All who are wise show Him reverence. Honor the Lord, you heavenly beings. Honor the Lord for His glory and strength. Honor the Lord for the glory of His name. Worship the Lord in His splendor of His holiness. The voice of the Lord echoes above the sea. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty sea. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Fear of the Lord lengthens one's life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. Fear of the Lord is a life-giving fountain. It offers escape from the snares of death. Fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. We serve a big God. That's a big God. Because He created that, He stands outside of all of that. I love that the end, the observable universe. Uh, the, the observable universe. So we as humans, the smartest among us have, have said, okay, trust the science, okay? They have said that there, it, that, that there is an end to how much we know. Like, there's stuff outside what we know. There's an observable universe. So there's a limit, and then there's outside of that, which makes it crazy, those people who say there is no God. Oh, there is no God. Really? Have, have you looked everywhere? Have, you know, did you check the garage? Like, there's what we know, <laughs> then there's outside of it. So let's say that this sanctuary uh, represents 
everything, all of the universe that's out there, everything, and this platform represents the knowable universe, okay? So there is that, and then there's what we know. Well, can't God be like right here? God's like right there. We haven't, they haven't seen that. They haven't looked outside of that. We know that not only is he here, he's also here on earth, and he's living inside of us. He is big, but he is here. He's big, but he's here. Know who your God is and fear the Lord. Church, know who your God is and fear the Lord. See, it's, it's not the things in the Bible that I don't understand that bother me. Like, there's things in the Bible that I don't understand. That doesn't bother me. What bothers me is the things that I do understand. <laughs> okay? Like, I understand that God is big, and yet for some reason I still choose to go my own way. Why? Why do I do that? Like, I understand God's bigger than me. He knows. He's all loving. He's all good. And I still try to do my own thing. I haven't even gotten to the stuff that I don't understand yet, okay? It's the stuff that I do understand that messes me up. I was talking to Becky this week, and I got a I got to brag on her because I, I was talking to her about what I was talking about today, about the fear of the Lord. And so we got to talking about how big God is and about how we, we fear him. And she said something that I'm giving her full credit for, okay? Becky's the one that said this. She said, I understand that God is just so big and I'm so small. So when he asks us to do things, it's normally a big thing. And she says, I don't want to mess his stuff up. Have you ever felt that way? Where you're like, you know, God's big and he wants me to do this. And I, I just, I don't want to mess his stuff up. And I've felt that way. Where, where it's like, you know, God, you want me to do this? Okay, but you know, you, you know who you're asking, right? And then, but you want me to do that? And, and so I, I felt that way. Maybe we have felt that way. Maybe you felt that way before. She said, I don't want to mess God's stuff up. And then she paused. And then she says, and then I remember, I'm not big enough to mess God's stuff up. <laughs> I said, that is so true. That is understanding who God is and who we are. We're not big enough to mess up God's stuff. Okay? When God tells us to do something, he understands there's some operator error that's going on. Okay? But he is big enough to lead and to guide and to show. So when, when God asks you to do something, when he wants to push you out to do something, understand who's, got your, who's backing you. God is backing you. And so if you mess up, that's okay. He picks you up and he puts you right back. Okay, let's go. Because that's who God is. He's not just big. Oh, he's big. He's good. He's good. See, when you put your focus, this is for some of you, this is for somebody here today. When you put your focus on a big, good God, it is impossible to be depressed. It is impossible to be depressed. Why do we get depressed? Because we begin to look at our circumstances through the light of how we are going to deal with them. But we're too small to deal with them. But if we put our focus on a big, good God... We're not going to get depressed because depression is self-focused. Joy is God-focused. So we look to God. And so David says, fear the Lord, you his holy people. 
For those who fear Him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me, David says. I know about fear. I've stood in front of Goliath. That wasn't fear. But I've stood before the Lord. (laughs) I've stood before the Lord. Come, my children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Church, do we know who God is? 